Section six of Germinal by Emile Zola, translated by Havelock Ellis. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Matt Perard. Part one, Chapter six. As he ascended in the cage, heaped up with four others, Etienne resolved to continue his famished course along the roads one might as well die at once as go down to the bottom of that hell where it was not even possible to earn one's bread catherine in the tram above him was no longer at his side with her pleasant enervating warmth and he preferred to avoid foolish thoughts and to go away for with his wider education he felt nothing of the resignation of this flock he would end by strangling one of the masters suddenly he was blinded the ascent had been so rapid that he was stunned by the daylight and his eyelids quivered in the brightness to which he had already grown unaccustomed it was none the less a relief to him to feel the cage settle on to the bars a lander opened the door and a flood of workmen leapt out of the trams i say moquette whispered zacharie in the lander's ear are we off to the volcan to-night the volcan was a cafe concert at Monceau. moquette winked his left eye with a silent laugh which made his jaws gape short and stout like his father he had the impudent face of a fellow who devours everything without care for the morrow just then moquette came out in her turn and he gave her a formidable smack on the flank by way of fraternal tenderness etienne hardly recognized the lofty nave of the receiving hall which had before looked imposing in the ambiguous light of the lanterns it was simply bare and dirty a dull light entered through the dusty windows the engine alone shone at the end with its copper the well-greased steel cables moved like ribbons soaked in ink and the pulleys above the enormous scaffold which supported them the cages the trams all this prodigality of metal made the hall look sombre with their hard grey tones of old iron without ceasing the rumbling of the wheels shook the metal floor while from the coal thus put in motion there arose a fine charcoal powder which powdered black the soil the walls even the joists of the steeple but chaval after glancing at the table of counters in the receiver's little glass office came back furious he had discovered that two of their trams had been rejected one because it did not contain the regulation amount the other because the coal was not clean this finishes the day he cried twenty sous less again this is because we take on lazy rascals who use their arms as a pig does his tail and a sidelong look at etienne completed his thought the latter was tempted to reply by a blow then he asked himself what would be the use since he was going away this decided him absolutely it's not possible to do it right the first day said maheu to restore peace he'll do better to-morrow they were all none the less soured and disturbed by the need to quarrel as they passed to the lamp cabin to give up their lamps levaque began to abuse the lamp man whom he accused of not properly cleaning his lamp they only slackened down a little in the shed where the fire was still burning it had even been too heavily piled up for the stove was red and the vast room without a window seemed to be in flames to such a degree did the reflection make bloody the walls and there were grunts of joy 
all the backs were roasted at a distance till they smoked like soup when their flanks were burning they cooked their bellies moquette had tranquilly let down her breeches to dry her chemise some lads were making fun of her they burst out laughing because she suddenly showed them her posterior a gesture which in her was the extreme expression of contempt i'm off said chaval who had shut up his tools in his box no one moved only moquette hastened and went out behind him on the pretext that they were both going back to monceau but the others went on joking they knew that he would have no more to do with her catherine however who seemed preoccupied was speaking in a low voice to her father the latter was surprised then he agreed with a nod and calling etienne to give him back his bundle listen he said you haven't a sou. you will have time to starve before the fortnight's out shall i try and get you credit somewhere the young man stood for a moment confused he had been just about to claim his thirty sous and go but shame restrained him before the young girl she looked at him fixedly perhaps she would think he was shirking the work you know i can promise you nothing maheu went on they can but refuse us then etienne consented they would refuse besides it would bind him to nothing he could still go away after having eaten something then he was dissatisfied at not having refused seeing catherine's joy a pretty laugh a look of friendship happy at having been useful to him what was the good of it all when they had put on their sabots and shut their boxes the Mayhews left the shed following their comrades who were leaving one by one after they had warmed themselves etienne went behind levaque and his urchin joined the band but as they crossed the screening place a scene of violence stopped them it was in a vast shed with beams blackened by the powder and large shutters through which blew a constant current of air the coal trams arrived straight from the receiving room and were then overturned by the tipping cradles on to hoppers long iron slides and to right and to left of these the screeners mounted on steps and armed with shovels and rakes separated the stone and swept together the clean coal which afterwards fell through funnels into the railway wagons beneath the shed philomene levaque was there thin and pale with the sheep-like face of a girl who spat blood with head protected by a fragment of blue wool and hands and arms black to the elbows she was screening beneath an old witch the mother of Piron, the roulette as she was called with terrible owl's eyes and a mouth drawn in like a miser's purse they were abusing each other the young one accusing the elder of raking her stones so that she could not get a basketful in ten minutes they were paid by the basket and these quarrels were constantly arising hair was flying and hands were making black marks on red faces give it her bloody well cried zachary from above to his mistress all the screeners laughed but the brule turned snappishly on the young man now then dirty beast you better to own the two kids you have filled her with fancy that a slip of eighteen who can't stand straight maheu had to prevent his son from descending to see as he said the colour of this carcass's skin a foreman came up and the rakes again began to move the coal one could only see 
all along the hoppers the round backs of women squabbling incessantly over the stones outside the wind had suddenly quieted a moist cold was falling from a grey sky the colliers thrust out their shoulders folded their arms and set forth irregularly with a rolling gait which made their large bones stand out beneath their thin garments in the daylight they looked like a band of negroes thrown into the mud some of them had not finished their bricks and the remains of the bread carried between the shirt and the jacket made them humpbacked hallo there's bottle said zachary grinning levaque without stopping exchanged two sentences with his lodger a big dark fellow of thirty-five with a placid honest air is the soup ready louis i believe it is then the wife is good-humoured to-day yes i believe she is other miners bound for the earth cutting came up new bands which one by one were engulfed in the pit it was the three o'clock descent more men for the pit to devour the gangs who would replace the sets of the pikemen at the bottom of the passages the mine never rested day and night human insects were digging out the rock six hundred metres below the beetroot fields however the youngsters went ahead jeanlin confided to Bebert a complicated plan for getting four sous worth of tobacco on credit while lady followed respectfully at a distance catherine came with zacharie and etienne none of them spoke and it was only in front of the advantage inn that maheu and levaque rejoined them here we are said the former to etienne will you come in they separated catherine had stood a moment motionless gazing once more at the young man with her large eyes full of greenish limpidity like spring water the crystal deepened the more by her black face she smiled and disappeared with the others on the road that led up to the settlement the inn was situated between the village and the mine at the crossing of two roads it was a two-storied brick house whitewashed from top to bottom enlivened around the windows by a broad pale blue border on a square sign board nailed above the door one read in yellow letters avantage license to rasseneur behind it stretched a skittle ground enclosed by a hedge the company who had done everything to buy up the property placed within its vast territory was in despair over this inn in the open fields at the very entrance of the Verreaux. go in said maheu to etienne the little parlour was quite bare with its white walls its three tables and its dozen chairs its steel counter about the size of a kitchen dresser there were a dozen glasses at most three bottles of liqueur a decanter a small zinc tank with a pewter tap to hold the beer and nothing else not a figure not a little table not a game in the metal fireplace which was bright and polished a coal fire was burning quietly on the flags a thin layer of white sand drank up the constant moisture of this water-soaked land a glass ordered maheu of a big fair girl a neighbor's daughter who sometimes took charge of the place is rasseneur in the girl turned the tap replying that the master would soon return in a long slow gulp the miner emptied half his glass to sweep away the dust which filled his throat he offered nothing to his companion one other customer a damp and besmeared miner was seated before the table drinking his beer in silence with an air of deep meditation 
a third entered was served in response to a gesture paid and went away without uttering a word but a stout man of thirty-eight with a round-shaven face and a good-natured smile now appeared it was rasseneur a former pikeman whom the company had dismissed three years ago after a strike a very good workman he could speak well put himself at the head of every opposition and had at last become the chief of the discontented his wife already held a license like many miners wives and when he was thrown on to the street he became an innkeeper himself having found the money he placed his inn in front of the Voreux as a provocation to the company now his house had prospered it had become a centre and he was enriched by the animosity he had gradually fostered in the hearts of his old comrades this is a lad i hired this morning said maheu at once have you got one of your two rooms free and will you give him credit for a fortnight rasseneur's broad face suddenly expressed great suspicion he examined etienne with a glance and replied without giving himself the trouble to express any regret my two rooms are taken can't do it the young man expected this refusal but it hurt him nevertheless and he was surprised at the sudden grief he experienced in going no matter he would go when he had received his thirty sous the miner who was drinking at a table had left others one by one continued to come in to clear their throats then went on their road with the same slouching gait it was a simple swelling without joy or passion the silent satisfaction of a need then there's no news rasseneur asked in a peculiar tone of maheu who was finishing his beer in small gulps the latter turned his head and saw that only etienne was near there's been more squabbling yes about the timbering he told the story the innkeeper's face reddened swelling with the emotion which flamed in his skin and eyes at last he broke out well well if they decide to lower the price they are done for etienne constrained him however he went on throwing sidelong glances in his direction and there were reticences and implications he was talking of the manager m hanbeau of his wife of his nephew the little negrel without naming them repeating that this could not go on that things were bound to smash up one of these fine days the misery was too great and he spoke of the workshops that were closing the workers who were going away during the last month he had given more than six pounds of bread a day he had heard the day before that m denolin the owner of a neighbouring pit could scarcely keep going he had also received a letter from lille full of disturbing details you know he whispered it comes from that person you saw here one evening but he was interrupted his wife entered in her turn a tall woman lean and keen with a long nose and violet cheeks she was a much more radical politician than her husband pluchart's letter she said ah if that fellow was master things would soon go better etienne had been listening for a moment he understood and became excited over these ideas of misery and revenge this name suddenly uttered caused him to start he said aloud as if in spite of himself i know him pluchart they looked at him he had to add yes i am an engine man he was my foreman at lille a capable man i have often talked with him 
rasseneur examined him afresh and there was a rapid change on his face a sudden sympathy at last he said to his wife it's maheu who brings me this gentleman one of his putters to see if there is a room for him upstairs and if we can give him credit for a fortnight then the matter was settled in four words there was a room the lodger had left that morning and the innkeeper who was very excited talked more freely repeating that he only asked possibilities from the masters without demanding like so many others things that were too hard to get his wife shrugged her shoulders and demanded justice absolutely good evening interrupted maheu all that won't prevent men from going down and as long as they go there will be people working themselves to death look how fresh you are these three years that you've been out of it yes i'm very much better declared rasseneur complacently etienne went as far as the door thanking the miner who was leaving but the latter nodded his head without adding a word and the young man watched him painfully climb up the road to the settlement madame rasseneur occupied with serving customers asked him to wait a minute when she would show him his room where he could clean himself should he remain he again felt hesitation a discomfort which made him regret the freedom of the open road the hunger beneath the sun endured with the joy of being one's own master it seemed to him that he had lived years from his arrival on the pit bank in the midst of squalls to those hours passed under the earth on his belly in the black passages and he shrank from beginning again it was unjust and too hard his man's pride revolted at the idea of becoming a crushed and blinded beast while etienne was thus debating with himself his eyes wandering over the immense plain gradually began to see it clearly he was surprised he had not imagined the horizon was like this when old bonnemort had pointed it out to him in the darkness before him he plainly saw the Verreau in a fold of the earth with its wood and brick buildings the tarred screening shed the slate-covered steeple the engine-room and the tall pale red chimney all massed together with that evil air but around these buildings the space extended and he had not imagined it so large changed into an inky sea by the ascending waves of coal soot bristling with high trestles which carried the rails of the foot-bridges encumbered in one corner with the timber supply which looked like the harvest of a mown forest towards the right the pit-bank hid the view colossal as a barricade of giants already covered with grass in its older part consumed at the other end by an interior fire which had been burning for a year with a thick smoke leaving at the surface in the midst of the pale grey of the slates and sandstones long trails of bleeding rust then the fields unrolled the endless fields of wheat and beetroot naked at this season of the year marshes with scanty vegetation cut by a few stunted willows distant meadows separated by slender rows of poplars very far away little pale patches indicated towns marchiennes to the north monceau to the south while the forest of vandame to the east bordered the horizon with the violet line of its leafless trees and beneath the livid sky in the faint daylight of this winter afternoon it seemed as if all the blackness of the Verreau and all its flying coal-dust had fallen upon the plain powdering the trees sanding the roads sowing the earth 
etienne looked and what especially surprised him was a canal the canalized stream of the scarpe which he had not seen in the night from the voreux to marchand this canal ran straight like a dull silver ribbon two leagues long an avenue lined by large trees raised above the low earth threading into space with the perspective of its green banks its pale water into which glided the vermilion of the boats near one pit there was a wharf with moored vessels which were laden directly from the trams at the footbridges afterwards the canal made a curve sloping by the marshes and the whole soul of that smooth plain appeared to lie in this geometrical stream which traversed it like a great road carting coal and iron etienne's glance went up from the canal to the settlement built on the height of which he could only distinguish the red tiles then his eyes rested again at the bottom of the clay slope toward the Baron, on two enormous masses of bricks made and burnt on the spot a branch of the company's railroad passed behind a paling for the use of the pit they must be sending down the last miners to the earth cutting only one shrill note came from a truck pushed by men one felt no longer the unknown darkness the inexplicable thunder the flaming of mysterious stars afar the blast furnaces and the coke kilns had paled with the dawn there only remained unceasingly the escapement of the pump always breathing with the same thick long breath the ogre's breath of which he could now see the grey steam and which nothing could satiate then etienne suddenly made up his mind perhaps it seemed to see again catherine's clear eyes up there at the entrance to the settlement perhaps rather it was the wind of revolt which came from the Baron. he did not know but he wished to go down again to the mine to suffer and to fight and he thought fiercely of those people bonnemart had talked of the crouching and sated god to whom ten thousand starving men gave their flesh without knowing it End of section six